Morning everyone. Uh, it is such a privilege to be with you again today and it's just so exciting. I shared it a few weeks ago but just what the Lord is doing amongst us. We are we're sort of overwhelmed actually with just the, his provision, with seeing people who don't know um, him come to faith, with seeing people get stuck in and plugged in and uh, it just reminds me of that phrase which says what the enemy meant for evil um, God planned for good and it's just so true that we're really seeing church grow and God's kingdom advance um, in a time when you wouldn't really expect it so we're excited and it's so awesome to have you on the journey with us and maybe you're tuning in for the first time maybe you have never ever watched a message from Harvest or, or don't really know anything about uh, the church at all and I just want to say it's great to have you it's great to have you listening it's great to have you part of what God's doing and please feel free to get in touch with us with any questions or thoughts that you have um, through social media through the telephone details or email details that um, you'll you'll also see on the screen um, at the end of the message uh, or in the comment section but we are we're, we're just so excited and it's great to have you here so I love trees we're obviously here in a wonderful garden and uh, it's full of trees uh, over here. We'll talk a bit more on this a little bit later, but we have a small tree, but I just love them. I so often stand under a tree or look at particularly the large trees and I just wonder what has that tree seen in its lifetime? What has it experienced? What has it in a sense watched over? Uh, now the largest trees in the world are some sort of 30 meters plus in terms of circumference. Loads of people, you know, holding hands around trunks of trees. You can see these in, uh, in California. Um, and in fact, if we look at baobabs here in Zim, uh, it's also incredible to see how many people can fit around those trees. And some have heights well above 80 meters. Um, and uh, there's something humbling about being around trees. I, I stood at our office yesterday, there's a lovely huge tree there and I just stood under it for a while and there's just something humbling, something refreshing, something relaxing about being under a tree or looking at a tree. And it's amazing as you dive into scripture that actually scripture is full of references about trees. They often hold a very prominent place when it comes to the Lord and there's loads of imagery in terms of our spiritual walk and trees. And I felt this just gripped me this past week and I thought, well, I really want to dive into what God has to share with us about that. So here's just a few verses, a few passages in Scripture that have to do with trees. And I just love it. I want you to take in these passages. Genesis 2 verses 16 to 17. Look what it says right at the beginning of Scripture. The Lord commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For on the day you eat from it, you'll certainly die. So right at the start, God creating the world, Yes, he's made plants and everything else, but there's a tree that holds a prominent place. So again, tree imagery. Look at Psalms. I've got one to read just now, but Psalm 92 verse 12. The righteous thrive like a palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they thrive in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age, healthy and green, to declare the Lord is just, he is my rock, and there's no unrighteousness in him. So again, a, a picture of us and our faith as we dive deep into God, we look a little bit like a tree in this rich imagery. Isaiah 53 verse 2, talking about Jesus, this is awesome. He grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He didn't have any appearance, formal majesty, that we should look at him, no appearance that we should desire him. So even Jesus, born uh, on earth and growing up on earth, is also likened to a tree, a tree sprouting out of the ground. Habakkuk 3 verse 17, 
this is one that's maybe uh, more applicable in difficult times. And if you're going through a really hard time today, um, I, I want you to hold on to this. It's such a, a powerful passage. It says, though the fig tree does not bud and there's no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though the flocks disappear from the pen and there are no herds in the stalls, yet I will celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. What an amazing picture of saying, whilst trees aren't looking as they should, and whilst crops aren't looking as they should look, we still have something to rejoice in. And that is the fact that Jesus died and was raised again for us. Matthew 3 verse 10, this is Jesus talking about the fact that as people, we need to bear fruit if we're to call ourselves Christ followers. It says, Matthew 3 verse 10, the axe is already at the root of the trees, Therefore, every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I mean, that's a pretty scary picture about trees. But Jesus is basically saying it's impossible for you to be a Christ follower and for there not to be fruit that looks like Christ. It's impossible. He's saying if you become, if you're planted in Christ, if you become a new tree in Christ, it's impossible for you not to produce fruit that looks like Christ. Matthew 13 verse 31, he, in a parable form, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in a field. It's the smallest of all the seeds, but when grown, it's taller than the garden plants and becomes a tree that birds can uh, enjoy, come from the sky and nest in its branches. So Jesus used trees all the time. He used trees so much as imagery to get across a spiritual point. Matthew 24 verse 32 to 35 Jesus says, learn this lesson from the fig tree. This is talking about the end of time. As soon as its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that summer's near. In the same way, when you see all these things, he's talking about signs of the end of the age, Matthew 24, recognize that he's near, he's at the door. So Jesus is saying, actually, the, the, the tree should give you a picture. And as you see their seasons, you should realize and look and remind yourself that this world is not it. Zacchaeus climbed a sycamore tree to see Jesus and was rewarded. I just threw it in there because I just absolutely love that story. Then it's Romans 11 verse 17, just a few more. Um, now if some of the branches were broken off and you, the wild olive branch, were grafted in among them and have come to share in the rich root of the cultivated olive tree. This is Paul in Romans talking and he's basically using a tree example to say that those of us who aren't Jews as Gentiles have been brought into God's kingdom into the olive vine to join with his special people as we all become his people. So this tree imagery is just so rich. Revelation 22 verse 1, if we look at the end of time and what heaven is going to be like. Look at this, Revelation 22 verse 1. Then he showed me the river of the water of life, clearest crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb Jesus down the middle of the city's main street, the tree of life was on each side of the river, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, producing fruit, its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. There'll no longer be any curse. What a great picture, again, of trees in the new heaven and the new earth and the vital role that they play. Don't you find that the, the imagery is so rich? I want you, as you look at trees, as you drive around and you, you see beauty of trees, I want you to think of these different spiritual pictures that we've dived into. Psalm 1. What a powerful picture. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers. 
Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction. He meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. What a beautiful picture of what it means, what it looks like when we're grounded in Christ, when we're passionate for his word, when we love all that he is, when we follow him, that's the picture of what we become. So scripture is rich in this imagery of trees. I want you to think on it each time you see them and that should be often. And so as I said earlier, now that we're talking about trees, I want you to cast your eyes to this bonsai tree, which I stole from uh, my friend Ray Price. I didn't steal it. I did ask him nicely, but uh, I, I, I took it from him. Uh, what a great friend uh, and part of our church. So bonsai trees. Now this tree, believe it or not, is about five years old. Uh, he does have some other ones. I don't think he was that keen to share them with me in case I destroyed them that are sort of 20, 30 years old and they are, are precious possessions. Uh, I'm, I'm joking, Ray, if you're watching this. But uh, th- this tree here is about five years old. And, and the whole um, why, what happens with bonsais is they're trees that are artificially prevented from reaching their natural size. So they're trees that on the whole would have been large. They would have been huge trees, maybe some that you see around in this garden, maybe that you have in your garden. They would have been like that, but they've been forced to stay small by keeping them in a small container, by cutting their branches at specific places and specific times, maybe getting them to curl around a rock, maybe using some wire to get them to grow a certain way. Um, And by doing this, they have this amazing beauty of a fully mature tree out and about, but they kept small for you to enjoy in an ornamental sense. And if I'm honest, it looks really good. I've wanted to do bonsais for a long time. I just probably am not that disciplined when I do it, but it looks beautiful. And when you see bonsais that have been cared for and looked after in in a a special way, they are absolutely awesome to look at. Um, They're an incredible decoration. They sort of seem so relaxing to look at. They could be in your dining room and your lounge. They can be outside. They sort of are a place where you can have conversations uh, around. You can have meals over. You can show your friends to take up time. But there's just something special about them, at least for me. Maybe you don't feel that way, but I do. But as it is now, and this is where I want to get to in the, in the challenge of, of trees uh, in this process. As it is now, this tree will never be used for what it was created for. I'm not knocking bonsai stuff at all. That's okay to do. But the picture of it is this tree will never be used for what it was supposed to be like it is now. It could have been placed in a garden. It could have been placed in a bark. It could have grown to provide shade for people, to provide homes for animals, a place for children to climb on. Although this one with um, thorns, probably not ideal for your kids, but other ones to uh, climb on, a place for birds to nest, something that produces fruit. It could have had real use in the world, but instead it is inside this container. Now, here's the kicker. How often does your life and mine as a Christ follower, maybe if you're watching here and you aren't a Christ follower, I I, I trust this gives you a great picture of what we should be looking like as Christ followers, but how often do our lives as Christ followers look a little bit like this tree instead of a tree fulfilling its ultimate objective? How often are our lives pretty to look at? Yes, maybe we have good kids, maybe we have a good marriage, Maybe a nice wardrobe, some overseas holidays, build some memories, a comfortable home. We're kind of safe from the storms of life. We make sure that, that everything's protected and looked after. And as much as possible, we, we sort of hide our, ourselves away from difficulty. 
So no rain, hail, heat, just as we can protect our bonsais, we can keep them under shelter. We can't do that with normal trees. With a bonsai, we can, we can keep it all protected. Maybe we've got pension funds, some savings, good home security. Maybe our lives are sort of something that people talk about over dinner or we talk about ourselves, just saying, well, well that's nice. It's really great to look at. Nice to see that family operating. Business is going well. That was an excellent sports game, nice and fit and healthy. But not really what we were created for. It's possible for our lives as Christ followers to be nice to look at, to have some great elements to them. But if it comes down to our purpose, real purpose, what we were created for, we're missing out on it. So the question I have for each of you today is, is your life planted in its safe, comfortable bowl? Or is it planted where it can have a great impact and bless many people? Is your life in a safe, comfortable bowl like this bonsai tree? Or is it planted where it can grow and have an amazing impact and blessing to many others? You see, you and I can live for our own empire, for our own sort of safe environment. And sure, it's beautiful. There's elements of beauty in the process. Or we can get ourselves planted into the unknown, into the maybe scary at times where we can have a great impact for God's kingdom. Matthew 4 verse 18 to 20. I'll read this again. Final passage I'll read. It talks about two men who were uprooted from their bonsai bowl and placed into God's kingdom and the result was astounding. Matthew 4 verse 18 to 20. Look at what it says. Jesus has started his ministry on earth and uh, this is what happens. As he was walking along the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and they followed him. He asked some other people in the process as well. So Simon and Andrew, they were fishermen. They were well respected. They were obviously providing a good livelihood for themselves, family business, good solid bonsai lives. Everything was going well. I'm sure that uh, they had some great chats with people, chats on the beach, chats on the boat. But I would imagine family life was fairly, uh, was fairly like this. Stable, secure, pretty to look at, all going well. And Jesus came to them out of the blue and he gave them an opportunity to pluck themselves out of the safety, the security, the comfort to get out of the bonsai bowl and be planted in his world. Full of excitement, full of risk, full of some danger, but ultimately full of purpose and full of joy. And such was the authority of Jesus' voice. Do you notice over there, such was his authority. He says, follow me, he told them. I'll make you fish for people. Verse 20, immediately they left their nets and followed him. The authority and the challenge of his voice was so strong that they didn't look back. They knew that although it was unknown, what he was calling them into would absolutely transform their lives. Does that mean that if you're listening here today, that if you follow Jesus wholeheartedly, you need to change your jobs, change your sport, change everything that you're doing and uh, drop it all and go into a completely different career and, and, and head off into the wild blue yonder? Possibly, but not necessarily. I think far importantly, what you and I can learn from this passage is it means that our focus changes. Our focus changes from what God finds important or to what God finds important rather than what we think is important, safe 
and comfortable. Our focus changes to making God's mark on the world rather than our own. In short, our focus changes to following Jesus, to following Christ. And it's easy for us to say that we do that, but the challenge today is, are we really doing that? Are we doing that in every aspect of our lives? When we wake up in the morning, are we saying, Lord Jesus, whatever occupation I'm doing, whatever's happening in my family, wherever you want to take us, we want to follow you. And we may not know everything, we may not have all the understanding, but ultimately, Jesus, we want to follow you. As I close, I want to challenge you this morning to listen to Jesus' voice. He's speaking to you loud and clear. I know he is. I know as we speak today, that he's speaking to you. He's knocking on the door of your heart. We just need to make sure that there's nothing blocking his voice. It doesn't matter if you're listening today and you're 12 or 13. It doesn't matter if you're a teenager. It doesn't matter if you, you sort of feel like you're in the middle of your life. Ironically, none of us know when the middle of our life is because we don't know when our time is up. But we may feel like in an earthly sense, we're in the middle of our lives, 30, 40, 50. Or maybe you're listening and you're 78 and you feel like you're getting towards the end. It's never too late in a spiritual sense to get out of the bonsai bowl, to get out of safety, comfort, and to get yourself planted into God's kingdom and his kingdom work and to allow yourself to grow and develop and to bless many people. Is it going to be plain sailing? No. When you get planted out into the wild, you're out in the cold. You're maybe going to have insects trying or insects or pests trying to eat your leaves and eat your bark. Maybe you're going to have birds landing there that you don't particularly like. Maybe you're going to get planted in a place where you're like, oh, I just don't know why I'm in this garden. I'm really not sure why I've been planted here. I should most definitely be planted somewhere else, but I happen to be planted here. We don't have those sorts of choices all the time. But I can guarantee you that it will be rewarding more than you can comprehend. I can guarantee you that when Jesus says, follow me in every aspect of life, that what you experience in hope, purpose, and uh, eternal reward is far greater than anything else. God's not going to force you as we get ready to pray today. He's not going to force you to make decisions. He'll ask you. Just like with those disciples, he'll say, hey guys, there's a call on your life. Come follow me. And they had a choice to say, Jesus, actually, it's just great being a fisherman and that's what I want to stay doing. But they made the call to say, we want to be obedient to your voice. He's not going to chain you. He's not going to force you. He's going to reach out his hand and he's going to say, I'm calling you to something better, something real, something life-giving. And for many of you listening today, it could be as much as a slight change of focus. It might be you keep doing exactly what you've been doing, but your hard focus changes to him being priority versus yourself. I'm not exactly sure, but we're going to pray now. And I know he's going to speak to different people as we're listening. I know he, the Holy Spirit is here and I know he is going to challenge you. So let's pray. And uh, let's allow him to speak and him to challenge. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the great rich imagery of trees that you use in Scripture. I want to thank you that from the beginning of uh, creating the world up until the end, there's, there's trees. And because they're around us all the time, I believe it's why you, you draw examples out of it. You liken us to trees. You liken yourself to trees at times. You, you talk about our spiritual lives in light of it. Why? Well, because they're around us and they're stark reminders. They're to wake us up to things that are important in the spiritual. 
I pray right now that if any of us or any element of our lives is, is like a bonsai tree, it's not really serving its purpose. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd show us that right now. It might be that comfort is a greater priority to you than God's call. So it might be that your focus is, is permanently going, I'm, I'm operating towards what's comfortable for me. I want to, to be in a place that's comfortable for me. I want life to be comfortable. It might be that fear is motivating you, that you're scared about the unknown, that you're scared about where God might take you, that you're scared about that, that niggle in your heart of what he's calling you into. Holy Spirit, everyone who is listening right now, thank you, God, that you speak to us through you speak to us through a screen. You can speak to us anywhere. I pray that you'd show us the areas of our life or the entirety of our life that's being lived in a bonsai bowl as a bonsai tree. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that as you reach out and say, follow me, that would be, there would be people listening in, in different places, different countries, sitting in living rooms, wherever, sitting at our different sites, who would be saying, God, I'm going to follow you in that area. Thank you for showing me. I'm going to follow you in that area. I'm going to follow you in that area. You can do that right now. You can stand if you want to and put out your hands. You can raise your hand to say, yep, that's me. You can just in the quietness of your heart say, yes, Lord. I say today to follow you. Maybe you've been following God, but you've, you've, you've sort of moved your own way. You can turn again and say, I'm going to get out that boat again. I've been trying to jump back in, but I'm going to get out and follow you again. Maybe you've never, ever followed Christ. Right now, Jesus says to you, follow me. I'll give you purpose. You can do that right now. Holy Spirit, thank you that you've done your work amongst us this morning. Thank you that as ministry continues at, at different sites and even you just in the, in the room, in someone's living room, that you're speaking. But Father, it's my prayer that as harvest, as individuals, as people, Father, save us from a life that looks pretty on the outside, looks great on the outside, but is not the purpose you've called us to. Save us from that. Give us the courage to say yes, to follow you and in whatever areas of our lives to live wholeheartedly for you and to make a kingdom impact. Your powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen. I just want to say thank you for joining us today. Uh, what a privilege to be God's family together. What a privilege to be on the mission that he has for us. And so uh, if you've been challenged by anything, if you want to talk it through more, please get in touch with us. But it's my prayer that you'd be planted where God has you to be and that you'd have a great kingdom impact for him that blesses many people. And so have a great day and look forward to chatting to you soon. Cheers for now.